Hey guys, welcome back to Straight to the Point Podcast with your girl Ray. I pray everyone's having a wonderful day, a blessed day. Despite what you may be going through, just thank God that you are still alive. You're walking, you're talking, you're breathing on your own. You're able to go to the store on your own. You got money in the bank. It may not be that a lot of money in the bank, but you got something in the bank. All your bills are paid. Um, and you're just blessed and alive. And, you know, just know that every day that you wake up, God has you here for a purpose. He's not done with you yet. Despite what you're going through, despite what you, whatever storm you're going through right now, whether it be financially, mentally, physically, your health, every, it may be at all those things. Just know that every single day that you wake up, God is not finished with you yet. He still has a calling on your life. You still have a purpose to fulfill. You have to make a difference in this world, and that's why you're still there. And just keep pushing, keep going forward, and know that God, whatever storm you're going through right now, God is going to bring you out of it. He is going to bring you out of it. It's only temporary. It's never, it's not forever. It's only temporarily. Stay in your words. Stay prayed up. Watch who you listen to. Watch who, you know, you talk to, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, share that with someone because that was really on my mind um, lately for someone, um, I don't know who it is, or, you know, just hopefully that will, that can help someone, you know, just give them some encouraging words um, to be able to get through this, because there's a lot going on in this world, it's getting dangerous by the day, it's just a lot, you know, so just some, some a little encouragement, you know, I ain't a preacher, I ain't a pastor now, but, <laughs> so yeah, but thank you for coming back to episode three of my podcast, and this episode, we are going to talk about my struggle with attachment and attaching to people so fast and having a hard time detaching myself and clinging on to people where who I know are not feeding me spiritually, mentally, not even physically, honestly, and having a hard time breaking away from that person, having a hard time knowing when God has closed that door in my life. And having a hard time pretty much just letting go and moving on. I want to talk about that because that's been a struggle of mine for a few years now. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about that and, you know, what what I'm doing to cope with it. Because it's still a struggle to this day, honestly. Um, but I know I'm not alone. I feel like there's a lot of other people out there that's dealing with the same thing too as well. And we're going to talk about it. We, we definitely going to get into it. But first, what I want to do is I want to pull up a scripture that I find that um, is relatable to what I'm talking about. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Um, this is a scripture that is kind of known for sure. It's about love. Um, and I'm just going to read it really quickly. So love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. It does not brag. It is not proud. Love is not rude. It is not selfish. It cannot be made angry easily. Love does not remember wrong done, wrongs done against it. Love is never happy when others do wrong, but it's always happy with the truth. Love never gives up on people. It never stops trusting, never loses hope, and never quits. So that's a scripture I always like to refer back to whenever, um, I guess you can say I'm questioning someone who's in my life and I don't know, we could talk about a man, honey, that's what mainly I refer back to it is when I'm dealing with a man. <laughs> 
And if that man doesn't answer any of those, not questions, but you can't fit that man's name into that scripture. So instead of, so, you know, where it says love is not, you know, love does not boast, you can replace it with, you know, Sam. This is Sam. Sam does not boast. If you just replace that love with that person's name in that scripture and see if that person, if it fits it, you know, does Sam get easily angered? Does Sam get, you know, boast? Does Sam, is Sam not rude? Is he not selfish? And I feel like if they, is Sam patient and kind with you? And if a lot of those answers are coming out to be no, then that's definitely, should be a sign that possibly, I don't know, you and that person are not aligned up with what God's will is that he has for both of you guys, you know? So um, I tend to go back to that scripture, you know, whenever I'm going through something with a situation with a person, you know, that I really like, but it's not working out quite as I thought it would be. Um, I always refer back to that scripture and like remind myself of what is true love. True love should not have to feel like this. True love should not have to feel, should not have to make me feel anxious. Should not have to make me feel, you know, um, like I'm not worthy. Should not have to make me feel like, you know, like I'm the problem all the time. That's not true love. True love should not, is not someone tearing you down constantly, you know, pointing out all the things that you're doing wrong, but can't take accountability for themselves. You know, that's, that's not true love. So if you, I feel like if you ever want, if you ever need to remind yourself, like, hold on, what, what's true love? What is true love? Go back to that scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8, and it'll tell you. So, yeah. (laughs) But I feel like going back to, for me, I honestly feel like what happened with why I have a hard time with detaching or why I attach so quickly to men who do literally the bare minimum, I believe it comes back, goes all the way back to the relationship that I have with my dad. Now, the relationship that I have with my dad, it's not a bad relationship. Are we as close as we should be no and i think the reason for that is because when i was younger there was a t- there was a point in time where my parents were not together they were separated they weren't married they just shared two kids me and my older brother you know together my mom was the mom my dad was the dad but they were not together at all and my dad um at that time he had a girlfriend for almost 6 years um rest in peace Janae. and um she did happen to pass along she did die Um, But they did, you know, my parents weren't together. So my dad had his girlfriend, my mom, she had her boyfriend. Hey, Robert. Um, And they, they were, they were not together. So I spent most of my time with my mom. Now my dad will come and pick me and my brother up every other weekend. But majority of the time I was spent with my mom. So I'm naturally drawn closer to my mom because I spent so much time with her when I was younger. Um, now me and my dad's relationship, it's not a bad relationship at all. Um, but there's a lot of things that I notice as I'm getting older that I feel like maybe if me and my dad were closer emotionally, I probably wouldn't be dealing with the struggles that I deal with men that I have today, that I deal with today, if that makes sense. So, so for instance, I know, you know, my dad, he was definitely, he's a hardworking man, still a hardworking man you know, to provide for his family. But I feel like the emotional part, re- part relationship between me and my dad was just, was never really there. Um, 
He never really took me out on uh, like a date. I can count on how many fingers, I can count on one hand how many times I received flowers from him. And I don't, it's not his fault. I feel like I realized he didn't realize what he was doing. I think pretty much my dad, he was emotionally unavailable for me, to me, because that's how his father was to them. So I guess when he had kids, he his focus is probably like, I need to make sure my kids are fed, have a roof over their head, you know, clothes on it, clothes on um, their bodies, and you know, make sure I instill that discipline in them, and that's it. And as far as like the emotional part, it just was never really there. Um, and I think that's why to to you know, and to to this day, when it comes to me dealing with men. I cling on to emotionally unavailable men because that's how my dad was to me. So I cling on to them because I really don't know what it's like to be loved, to, you know, not to feel wanted, to feel loved by a man because I never really received that emotional part from my father. So that's why I have a hard time today, you know, dealing with that, I believe. I'm getting a lot better but it definitely took a lot of work going to therapy, you know, just reading up on what's the what what am I doing wrong? Not so not as far as what am I doing wrong. What is there's something in me that's like I just have a hard time when it comes to letting go. And like I said in the last episode, a lot of things stem from our our childhood. A lot of our, you know, traumas that we're dealing with today as grown adults, it stems from our childhood. So that's why it's important to go all the way back and you'll start to notice things. Like, for instance, I remember one time me and my dad got into it. I can't remember what it was about. It was years ago when I was living in New York. I was like young. Well, of course, young. But I can't remember what the fight was about to this day. And I remember, you know, I was willing to, you know, I went downstairs and, you know, I, I remember apologizing and then I remember asking for a hug and I remember him distinctly saying no. And that hurt me so bad. So it's like that emotional part, you know, um, you know, not receiving a hug from him when I asked, you know, when I was like willing to make up and be like, you know, I, I apologize. May I have a hug so we can hug it out? And I remember him, he said no. And so that kind of just shut shut me down. You know what I mean? It kind of, you know, I remember that. Another situation I remember, um, it's actually, well, well not kind of, well, maybe about a year ago, I was dealing with a situation with another man and somehow my, my parents were involved. They got, they found out. And, you know, instead of, you know, you would think that, you know, when you go to your parents, you would think that you would receive some type of encouragement because it was a really rough time in my life. I was extremely hurt. I mean, you can call my best friend Ebony and ask her. I was just bawling every single day about the situation. And thank God for Ebony. Oh, she is heaven sent because every single day she made me feel wanted. She gave me encouraging words. It wasn't a time where I, I can't call Ebony or text her and be like, listen, like I, I'm just not, I'm going through it right now. Where it and she never she never made it feel like it was my fault. So anyway, that's that's just going back to you know my parents got involved with the situation, but they found out what happened with the guy. My parents got involved, um, and the reaction that I received from my father, he sent me a text, and the text wasn't really a nice text. It was kind of like so like he was like yelling at me, 
like it was my fault that the situation like you know turned out the way it was or that it was it it was like oh you should this is what you should have done this or you need to leave him alone as if this was all my fault you know what i mean so it's like i became like the enemy of the whole situation and leave him alone and and it wasn't like wasn't a response that you know someone needed to hear at that moment you know what i mean you know so um yeah it was just emotionalist response that's even emotionalist response you know so that hurt me too and then from that day on i just you know i'm like okay i need to now i know i can't go to certain people with certain things because of how they're going to respond um and that really hurt me. That really hurt me. So a lot of things I'm be, I don't tell my parents. I, a lot of things I don't tell my parents because I know the response is going to be warranted as if it's my fault. Instead of me, you know, instead of getting <clears throat> encouraging words. And of course, tell me when I'm wrong. Of course, I, I'm open to get, get, tell me when I'm wrong. But when it comes to like, you know, seeking encouragement and, you know, you got this, you're stronger than this, you're better than this. I never, I don't really get that from them, you know? Um, so I never really got that from my father. And that's why I have a hard time. That's why I have a hard time. Now I see his relationship with Genesis as 10 times better and Genesis is a lot more closer to my dad than I am which I appreciate like there'll be times my mom says that I think my dad will buy Genesis flowers and stuff like that and I'm happy because I want that for Genesis she deserves that you know what I mean so when she grows older she knows how when it comes to dealing with men she knows how to handle it a lot better she knows when to let go when he's not if he's not giving her what her dad is giving her or treating her the way her dad is treating her then she knows oh he's this is not it you have to go so I'm, I'm i'm so happy to hear when i hear things like that because i never really received that when it comes to my father um and it's not his fault i just truly think it was the way that he was raised his father was emotionally unavailable he was very his father was very strict so i think that's um i think that's where it you know it comes from so excuse me i'm sorry if you hear a noise adjusting my phone but yeah so that's that's I believe that's where it comes from and I've realized when it comes to dating well I'm just a very anxious person anyway and um I've realized that I do have an anxious attachment style now an anxious of attachment style that the signs of like if you want to know am I like anxious when it comes to dating or just when it comes to anything when that anxious attachment style, here's here are some of the signs for it. It's worries of abandonment, um, being overly dependent on that person in relationships, requiring reassurance. Um, you know, it's also, you know, it's, you know, wondering if that person is mad at you, asking that person, are you mad at me? If, if they don't respond in a, a timely manner or if their responses are, you know, vague not thinking hey raven that person could be having a bad day too as well and just don't you know is not in a mood to really talk doesn't mean that they're mad at you so that's some of the signs of an attachment anxious attachment style and that is that exactly what i have because when it i'm always needing reassurance i'm always i'm i'm a little not overly dependent but i guess i'm overly dependent on someone else to make me happy or to make me feel want wanted because I haven't 
I haven't reached that peak within myself yet. And also worries of abandonment, worries of them leaving me because of something. So I realized that I do have an anxious attachment style. Now that I'm getting older and I'm getting more into my word and I'm getting more in tune with God, I know that if it's whatever's for me will not miss me. And that's what my friend Ebony, my best friend Ebony always tells me, whatever is for me will not miss me. So regardless of how the outcome is, regardless of how I'm acting, if that person is meant to be in my life, if that per- it's going to work out in some way and never to force things, you know? Um, so yeah, that's what, um, I believe that anxious attachment style, that's, I, I that's, I have it for sure. I have it, but I'm, I'm getting a lot better. Some things I still struggle with, you know, and social media also doesn't help at all because social media is so, it's everywhere. You, you can easily, you know, if you're trying to get over a person and it's, and you know, you can, you can block them on all the social sites but you can see a post or you can see a word or you can hear a song on Instagram and instantly you're thinking of that person. You're like, oh man. And then, you know, and it's so easy to go ahead and unblock them and check up on them and see what they, that's why I like, I have a love hate relationship with social media. Social media is, it's kind of needed nowadays, but it's sometimes good to detox and take us, you know, to take a, a breather off of social media to because it will literally drive you insane and it doesn't really help with the healing process that you have so when it comes to getting over someone or moving on and knowing when to let go that this is not going to work a lot of it it's in our mind a lot of it starts in our mind I feel like when well for me when I meet someone a nice like I meet a nice guy I really like him um, I create this fantasy in my head already, instantly. I'm like, oh, he would make a perfect husband. He looks good, smells good, have his own place, have his own car. Oh, I can see us getting married. It's this fantasy that we create in our heads of this person. And we put those expectations onto that person without them, without us actually even telling them these expectations. So we we go off of the fantasy that we have in our head. We go off the potential that we see. That's who we end up, that's who we try to date. And when we notice that that person is not meeting those expectations that we created in our head, that's when a disappointment sets in. T.D. Jakes once said, it's not the person you can't get over. It's what you had in mind is what you can't get over. And that's so true. It's what I had in my, in my mind that I can't get over. You can be a narcissist, abusive person in real life, but in my mind, I don't see that. I see a beautiful, handsome man, you know, that walking down the, I mean, you know, I'm walking down the aisle to marry a man that I think that will be a perfect, make a perfect dad. But I, I, I dismiss those red flags. I don't see that narcissistic person, that person that's tearing me down because that's not what I created in my head. That's not who I see. So I chase after that fantasy in my head. I don't chase, I don't, I don't look at that person that's standing in front of me in reality of, of him showing me truly who he is. We ignore those red flags. We ignore those signs. And God always sends us signs. He always sends us signs. And a, a lot of us, we ignore them because that's not what we write. Uh, God, uh, please, not now, Lord, please. I really like this man. I know he broke. I know, but we can work on it, Lord. 
I know he don't got a car and he asking me for money. He asking me for rides. He asked to take my car. I know, but we could work on it. It's, he going to change because I am who I am. I'm a great woman. He sees that and he's going to change. Not knowing, no, boo boo, he's never going to change because I've realized if a man can't have, don't have the basic necessities for, to, to, for himself, as far as having a job, having a car, I mean, I guess it depends on where you live. I live down south, so you need to have a car. But if you live in New York City, it's understandable. A lot of people don't have cars because there's other forms of transportation. Get it. But like having, let's just say having a job, having a place to say, to stay, whether that be with his parents or whatever, not, you know, doing well for himself. If he can't take care of himself, what makes you think he could take care of you? Is he's not going to change. First of all, if if you want him to change, he has to want to change for himself. And a lot of times us, when we get caught up because we think we take on these projects of men, we think we can fix these men and we cannot fix them. Only person that can fix them is God. We cannot fix them. We can help them. We can encourage them to want to do better. But if they don't want to do better on their own without you, because they want, because they love themselves. You're supposed to love yourself first before. How can you? How can you love me if you don't love yourself? If they don't want to do, it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. No matter how much we try. And a lot of us women, we put our all into these men because we want it to work so badly. But God be like, that's not. That's not true love. That is not true love. Not saying that the man that God has for you, when he come, he's going to be perfect. No, he may, he's not going to be perfect because no one's perfect, but he may be perfect for you. He may be a right fit for you. Yeah, y'all puzzles may come together and fit correctly, you know, but you have to be willing to learn not to, that doesn't mean you have to lower your standards. And a lot of us lower our standards because we don't want to be alone. That's just, no one really likes to be alone. No matter how many times people say, oh, I just love being alone. Yeah, it's some, some seasons, sometimes you do like being alone. But a lot of times you like to have that companionship. You want to have that strong man laying in bed next to you, cuddled up with you, you know, texting you, calling you, checking up on you, saying vice versa with the woman. You want to have a beautiful woman on your arm. You want that. God, when God created, when God created Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So yeah, we understand that. But you know, um, I'm losing my train of thought because I'm kind of, sorry y'all. <laughs> but sometimes we just have to understand that it's just not working. And all I'm doing is hurting myself in the long run. The longer I stay, the, 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 the it could be, a, God can be delaying my blessing because I'm not being, I'm being disobedient. I'm not listening to what he says and I'm doing what I want to do. And God be like, oh, okay, well, I know. See you when I see you. <laughs> You're going to be right back around and then I'm going to have to heal you all over again. And we're going to have to keep going through the same cycle because you just do not listen. <laughs> I don't know how God do it. I don't know how God do it, honey. <laughs> but I also learned that if we cannot let go of what we had in mind, then we can't discover what God has for us. God, We can't discover what God has for us in mind. If we can't let go of what we have in our mind, how can we ever discover what God has for us? We have to learn how to let go of what we had in mind. We have to learn how to let go of that fantasy. Um, and like I said, the problem is we put these expectations on these men to do what we want them to do in our heads. And when they doesn't meet those expectations, that's when a disappointment sets in. And the guy be like, well, what you tripping about? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, what are you tripping about? And like, little do we know, we never even express these expectations to these men, you know, 
up front in in person because we feel like they'll probably run away especially when you have standards when you have standards it's, it gets lonely because a lot of these men out here you know aren't you know aren't meeting the standards the bar is pretty much in hell when it comes to dating right now so that's why I had to take a break because it's pretty much in hell it's to the point where it's affecting people's mental health especially females high achieving females who have everything going for themselves and the only thing that's missing is a man but he's not it's not really missing because we shouldn't really rely on him we shouldn't rely on a man to complete us at all we should be complete and whole within ourselves first and or you know what i mean because if we're looking a lot of us are looking for men to complete that you know that that missing feeling of rejection feeling unwanted unworthy unloved all those things you have to feel within yourself first you have to be secure with yourself first and I also read a couple of years ago, we attract what we are. So if we, if you notice that you're attracting broken men, then take a look at yourself and be like, what parts am I, am I broken in my life? Because why do I keep attracting these men? Why do I keep attracting these projects, these fixer ups? I'm always having to fix something or, you know, you know, solve a problem. I can't rely on this man to do nothing nothing it's always me i'm either i'm the breadwinner i i'm the i'm the person that's you know that's solving everything you know that's not how it's supposed to be at all not saying that when you do get into a relationship when you get married that you know you're that he's supposed to be able to fix everything yeah he's the head of the household he's supposed to be the provider but there's that's why you come in to help you're a helpmate to, there may be some areas in your life where your husband, you know, struggle with. That's when you come you come in and help him with those things. You guys work together. You guys are a team. You guys are one. You guys are not in competition with with each other. That's not how marriage should be. And um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's what he, uh, you know, that's what I had to say about that. And just to know that if you're ever like questioning someone. And you're questioning their motives and, you know, you want to know, like, if this is going to work, first of all, I feel like before with every, in any situation that you go into, if you're not bringing God into it, if you don't ask him, he not in it. A lot of times we just dismiss it because we know what the answer is. If you have to pray to God and ask him if this man is the right man for me, you are nine times out of ten, you already know the answer. It's probably no. Because if that's the case, you really wouldn't have to pray to him because everything will align right. Everything will flow directly will flow perfectly. Things will just work out. And you'll be like, wow, I know this is God. I know this is God. So, and also if it's meant to be, it would definitely, it would have worked or it will work. You know, if it's meant to be, it's it, it's going to work out. Don't rush. Relax. God's timing is, is, God knows what's best for us. He sees the future. He knows. A lot of times we say we trust God, but do we really trust God? Honestly, do we really trust God? A lot of people say they do, but they don't. We may trust him in some areas of our life, but do you trust him with your whole life? Do you trust him with your heart? Your, you know, your dating. We may trust him with our job, security, money, but as far as our heart, oh no, I, Lord, I got this. I can't, you know, when it comes to my heart, my, I, I can't. But we also have to, you, we also have to remember the heart is deceitful. 
The heart will have you playing games. The heart will, you'll be all over the place. You're not supposed to trust your heart. Mm -mm, give that to God because he knows what's best for you. He knows how, what the result, the end result is going to be. And he has a, he has a purpose. He has, he put a purpose in you to fulfill. That's part of the, um, you, you know, you have a destiny to fulfill. Are you, can you think about this? Think about this. What if God, what if it's never in God's plan for you to get married for you? What if that was not in God's plan? What if he wanted you to stay single? Are you okay with that? Answer that question. Someone asked me that question years ago. Will you be okay if God said, no, I didn't call you to be married. I want you to remain single. Yeah. And fulfill, to fulfill your destiny. My, the purpose that I put in you, you need to fulfill it on this earth. And that's it. Ain't no kids. Ain't no. What if that's what if he did? What if that what if he said that to you? How would you feel? So it's like, do we really trust God? God should be our everything. Gosh is God should be our, your husband. In spiritual form, of course. So think about that, too, as well. It's not all about a man. Your life is not all about a man. It, it doesn't revolve around a man. Doesn't should have revolved around kids. <laughs> you know, so um, just think about that too as well. Um, but just know that anxious attachment style and that uh, like learning how to detach and let go of people who are not feeding you, that's hard, man. It's hard for me because it's like the more, the more unavailable they become, the more clingy I become. Because I'm wondering like, why? Why don't you like me like that? What happened? What can I do to fix it? And not knowing that, Sometimes, what if that person was never meant to cross your paths? What if you was that was never in God's plan for you guys to meet? But what you do, you stepped you stepped out of alignment with God of God's will, and you did what you wanted to do, and you created something that God never intended you to go through. A lot of times, God never intended us to go through no heartbreaks. Sometimes he did. Sometimes I don't know. I'm just assuming maybe he did a cause, you know, want us to go through the heartbreak in order for us to become out to come out stronger, to come out a different person, to grow, to learn. But what if God was like, I never intended for you to go through that heartbreak, Raven? You did that. Yeah, I'm here to heal you, but as that was never part of my plan. You and that person was never supposed to cross paths. Now, look, we created a child out of it. Now that child has purpose. So now you're going to have to lay down, lay in your bed um, and deal with these consequences. You know, what if that, that's crazy? Now I think about it. Like, what if he never, a lot of people, we would never tended to go through the hurt, the, the heartbreak, that trauma. We would never, God never wanted that for us. We did that. And a lot of times we like to blame the enemy. Not the enemy, now the enemy, he he do be doing some stuff now. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't get it twisted now. He definitely, he, that's what he going, he love to do that. But a lot of times we like to blame, oh, it's the enemy. No, it's us. Sometimes it's us. We are our own worst enemy. Enemy, yeah, can pop in. Yeah, he going, he going to pop, send his little demons to do his little works and stuff like that. Yeah, he can, you know, to, you know, but a lot of times it can, it's us stopping us, us doing what we want to do. Sorry for the noise. I'm moving my phone. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it is us. So just think about that. We are, our own, like I said, we're our own worst enemy and we, we, we can't blame the devil on everything. 
We have to take accountability for the things that we've done on our own and ask God for forgiveness and strength to move on. Ask God to help me, God, remove the scales off my eyes. Show me what I am not seeing because right now I'm blinded. I'm blinded. I'm seeing what I want to see. Show me what I what you want me to see. Show me who that person truly is. And every time I pray a prayer like that, y'all, I'm telling y'all, less than three days later, something happens. So be careful. If you're not ready to for that answer, when you go to God about somebody, don't not saying don't pray, but just be careful. You just be just be prepared for the answer. It's not it may not be what you what you like. But it's not about what you like. It's not about our emotions and how we feel. Emotions and feelings, all that is like temporary. It's up and down, hot and cold. God don't go based off our emotions and feelings. That's why guys, that's why we can't operate based off of our feelings. Because it's not, it doesn't, it's, 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 it's up and down. One moment you feeling happy, next moment you feeling sad. You watching a movie, you crying. You watching the news, somebody died, you, you crying. Then you turn to the turn to the comedy show and you laughing. You know, emotions are, you know, up and down. That's why God don't operate off that. He go off of what he see, the facts. And sometimes we have to remove our emotions out of it. And know that when it comes to letting go and detaching from men, know that at a majority of the time, God is protecting us from something. He's protecting us from things that he see down the line. He's protecting us. Like, no, Ray, this person is not good for you. You may not see it right now because you're in the beginning stages, you know, but I'm telling you, years down the line, this person, I'm saving you from him abusing you, beating you up, possibly killing you. So listen to my signs. Listen to these warnings that I'm sending you and leave because I'm, I'm trying to protect you. You are my daughter. You're my son. It's getting dangerous out here, y'all. People are killing people over little things. Girls are, there's so many girls in prison that are so many stories I read of girls in prison because of the, because of men, because we allowed our emotions and our feelings to overtake us and we blacked out and we ended up killing the guy. And once when we get out of that state of what we've done, we're like, oh my God, what did I just do? Because you allowed your emotions and feelings to take over and you ended up killing him, whether that be stabbing or by accident. And now you're in prison for less God knows how many years with a record, record of murder. Was it worth it? Is it worth it? It's not worth it. Anything that's coming to destroy your peace, it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. I'm to the point in my life where if it's not bringing me peace, I don't want it. If I see, if I if I see and notice any type of inconvenience, slight stress, um, okay, no, what we got to do to fix it? Because I'm not gonna be stressed out. I, I'm I'm not. I don't live like that. I'm I don't live like that with the state of being stressed out all the time. And when that when stress does come, I handle it accordingly. But when it comes to if anything that's that's my that's that anything that's um disturbing my peace, I don't want it. I don't care who you are. Family, friends, I don't care. Because you're not going to come and destroy my peace. You're not going to come and, you know, so that's why I'm very careful on what I say and who I and who I say things to people. 
I'm very careful on what I say and, you know, because a lot of times people, when they see that you're, you know, you're changing, you're, you're getting older, you, you know, you're, a lot of things are changing with you and they see that a lot of people try to project their fears onto you because they're scared of doing things that they want that, that, that you're doing. Like there's something announcement that's coming up and I'm, and I'm, I'm really moving out on faith when it comes to, when it comes to this decision that I made, um, I haven't announced it yet, but I'm very careful on who I tell very few people know because I don't want no one projecting their fears onto me of, well, you know what they said, you know, you know, if you go out there, just listen, you know what they say? I heard on the news, ah, because that's, that's the enemy. Don't, don't come to me with that. Just because you're scared to step out on faith and let go and you're st- you want to be stagnant, you're, you, 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 you like to be comfortable, you good where you're at, that's cool, but that's, that's not me. So don't project those fears onto me, honey. That's why I'm very careful on what I say when it comes to making big announcements on who I tell. And even when I do tell people, it's very limited details. Because I don't really want to hear what you, like I want to hear what you, if, if it's not encouraging words, I don't want to hear it. And I'm dead serious. Now, y'all see me getting tight. <laughs> I'm getting tight. No, because you have to be careful of what you what you listen to, people who you listen to, because people don't want to see you doing better. People want you to stay where you're at. People want you to stay right at that level. And no, I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I see, if I see myself getting too comfortable, oh no, something got to change. If I see myself getting too comfortable, and nothing's really moving in my life. No, I got to change. I like challenges. I like to challenge myself every single day to do something different. Every year I'm trying to accomplish a goal. Next last year I I, I wrote down that whole scripture write it down make it plain is so true. Last year I wrote down I wanted a brand new car. And that was in the summertime like July. I wanted a brand new car whether it be I wrote down specific. I said I either wanted a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee or a brand new um, RAV4, Toyota RAV4. Tell me why in December I bought uh, my first brand new car, 2021 RAV4. I wrote it down. Each year I'm trying to accomplish something big because life is too short. I'm, I'm out of the whole people pleasing thing. I, you can ask my parents. I don't care. I, I don't do that whole people pleasing thing. I don't care what people have to say. I, this is my life. God gave me, this is my life. And you know, I'm going to, if, if if it's not aligned up with God, if I'm going to do what I want to do, I don't care what anybody got to say. I don't care how anyone got to feel because you know why? When it comes time for judgment day and God gets to you, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm just assuming we all in the line, honey. I don't know. One by one in the line, millions of us waiting to fake and God asks you, what did I say you do? I told you to write the book. You were scared to write the book because you told your mama that you're going to write the book, but your mama said, no, don't write the book because you know, and you listen to other people. So you spent your whole life going based off how other people feel and their opinions of you. And you dismiss what I said. Like people be, y'all be getting confused. Stop, stop. That people pleasing spirit is it's around here. I, I I be sensing it and I don't like it. Because who cares what people gonna people gonna talk about you when you dead? People gonna talk about you when you're alive. It's nothing you can do. Who cares? You can't change how people talk about you. 
You can't change how people, you know, think about you. You can't do that. That whenever whenever I hear something like that, that's their problem. That got nothing to do with me. How you feel about me or what you say about me has nothing to do with me. Because you know what? At the end of the day, last time I checked, you ain't paying these bills. <laughs> you sure ain't doing that. You ain't paying these bills. You ain't checking up on me, making sure I'm good mentally. So why do I care what you say? I, I, I don't. I don't care. And you got to get, we got to get out of this people pleasing spirit. People don't care. I'm telling you, don't, who cares? People going to talk about you to the day you die. Even when you're dead, they still going to talk about you. And they still going to probably find some shade to talk about you. Yeah, she was nice and all, but I remember when she did, like, girl, I'm, I'm in heaven with my, with with God and you still on earth talking about me. You still running your mouth. Like, so who cares? They going to talk about you. Do what's, do what's best for you. Do what makes you happy. Make sure you put God first. In everything you do. But do what makes you happy. If you want to pick up and move to um, Dubai, do that. I guarantee if you, told, if, if, if you told someone, hey, I'm moving to Dubai. The first thing they're going to say, why? It's expensive. <laughs> what? You heard what's going on over there? Do You got to cover up more? That negativity, they projecting their fears onto you. Because they wish, low-key, they wish they can pick up and move to the Bible, but they know they can't do it because they scared. They scared. They scared. But don't 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 allow that to stop you from doing what you want to do. You can if you want to pick up and move to Dubai, go ahead and do it. God is in Dubai, just like how he is in New York, just like how he is in Charlotte, in Raleigh. He God is in, he's everywhere, baby. Don't limit yourself. That's what I listened to um last night. Um, was it T- no Sarah Jake's Park? Sarah Jake's Robert. I said Sarah Jake's Parker. Sarah Jake's Robert. She said, "Don't limit yourself. Don't limit what God could do with you. He's all over. Don't do that. That's a, that could be an insult. Like you think I called you to just stay in Raleigh? What? I called you to do bigger things. I called you to speak to millions of people all over the world." And you want to stay where you at because you comfortable. Oh, I'm good, Lord. It's, you know, everything's going smooth. Uh, and then that's how, that's how we, once when you get comfortable, you feel like you don't need God because everything's going smooth. Not saying that there may be a season in your life where you should be content. You should be good. You should stay still. But you'll know that because God, God, God will tell you that. But, you know, I feel like this podcast kind of, you know, segue into something else so forgive me (laughs) but I hope you guys got something out of this um because that's been on my mind heavy you know I've been I've been like I've been so concerned about what other people think and how it's gonna feel how it's gonna affect them and God's like why are you why are you trying to do my job like why are you worried about how this gonna make them feel and stuff like that? Of course, thank you for taking be being considerate and you know being a nice, kind person who I created you to be. Yeah, because you are image of me. <laughs> but that's that's not that's not part of the plan. They gonna be all right. They gonna be all right. <laughs> and just like how you gonna be all right because you covered by the blood. You covered. So. And that's another thing. One more thing. That fear. We got to get out of that fear. That's why I, I limit myself on, you know, the news. I limit, if I see a post on, you know, social media, it's about something crazy. I quickly scroll because I can't, I, I can't be walking around here thinking every time I step foot outside, someone going to shoot me in the head. That's God called us not to live in fear. Yes. 
this world is getting crazy. Things are going to happen. Yes, we know that. People are going to kill each other. People are going to die. We get, that's, 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 we know that. But that doesn't mean you walk around on eggshells in fear, scared to do things because, uh, what if I die? Uh, like when you die, you die. <laughs> and I don't mean to talk about death, but when you die, you die. Nothing you can do about it. You did. So why are you still limiting yourself by staying in the house, scared to go out to public places, scared because why are you doing that? You don't know who you call to 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 speak to. You don't know, you know what I mean? You don't know who you call to help. But by, by you isolating yourself in the house, scared to go outside, careful about what other people are going to think about you. That's not a life God called you to live. It's not a life. It's not, it's not what he called you to live. No, I don't not at all. Of course it's good you're supposed to be wise. You're supposed to be knowledgeable, like, okay, COVID, COVID is still running rampant, numbers are going up, monkeypox, let me wear my mask. Common sense. Do, that doesn't mean that you don't know common sense. Let me wear my mask. When I go out in this car and I'm driving to the store, let me put my seatbelt on. Because, you know what I mean? It's little things like that. that, that well, it was developed for our safety. <laughs> let me put, okay. Uh, I'm drinking tonight a little bit. Ooh, I, I'm a little drunk. Let me not drive. Let me either call an Uber or hop in someone else's car or my friend's car and she to make sure I get home safely. Just common sense things. Doesn't mean that you're caused to, that you cause to live in fear, that you have to stay isolated and bound in your home because that's the safest place. Your home is not the safest place. You know what I mean? Um, stories of people getting killed in their, within their own home. Nowhere is safe. You know? So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I know I kind of segue into something else towards the end. <laughs> but I was just, you know, I was just going with what the Holy Spirit was telling me to talk about. So, but I hope you guys got something out of this. I appreciate every single one of you guys for listening to me talk. <laughs> and I just pray that somebody is blessed by this. And... Going back to my initial topic of letting go and detaching yourself from someone, it it's not easy, but it's it's done. You, you it, but it's it can be done. You will be okay. At time, I feel like time heals all. After a while, you'll for start forget. You'll stop. You'll you'll stop forgetting about this person. And when you feel the urge to have to go on their page and lurk, because I get those feelings too, just to check up on them. All that's doing is wounding you again. It's reopening those those wounds that you closed up, that you healed. You've done a good job. It's been a couple of months. You get that urge, that feeling. When you get that feeling to go and lurk on that page, open up this Bible, pray, go to the scripture instead. Go to a scripture, start reading something to get your mind off of it. The next thing you know, 10 minutes later, you're not even thinking about that person. You just continue on. And I feel like do that every single time you get the urge to check up on them or you want to text them or call them. Open up that word or and pray. Just read a scripture. Read a plan. Find a devotional in the Bible app. There's hundreds of them. Find a devotional and read that. And I feel like that would definitely help you as long as your healing process. And... Things will happen when you least expect it. And next thing you know, you never know. You may be meeting your husband the following week. You know? But 
just know, just trust and believe in God. Like what is for you is for you. It will not miss you. God knows what he's doing. He knows who's for you, who's not for you. He's protecting you at the end of the day. So whenever God is closing that door of someone and you thought you really wanted it to work out, you're like, dang, I really thought we could be something. Just know God protecting you for something. He knows exactly the type of man that you need in your life. And imagine if God allowed us to stay with that person you know what I mean? You don't know where you could be. You could be, you know, months, years down the line in an abusive relationship, upset, crying five years in if God had allowed it to continue. So thank God for it. Just know that he loves you and never and never settle. I know the bar is in hell right now when it comes to dating, but don't settle. There's still good men out there. It's just the men that we're choosing to involve ourselves with. So just don't settle, never lower your standards. And that when that time is right, God's going to send you that man. He's going to send you that woman. Until then, still have fun. Live your life. No, don't don't be revolved. Like I said, life should not revolve around a man or a woman. Live your life. Travel. You know, accomplish goals. Finish school. Graduate. Find good jobs. Move. Do what, do what makes you happy. Get a dog. <laughs> get a dog you know and when that time comes it's gonna come right on time and you're gonna be like wow god i see why you waited i see why you wanted me to wait it's well worth it and i thank you because i thank you so much because i can't do it off the strength of my own i know it's you so yeah so i hope you guys have a good um day <laughs> thank you guys for listening and i will see you in the next episode toodles